You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching from Pastor Mark. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. As I was getting ready to minister um, this week, um, I just, you know, this phrase, God number one, Jesus first, kept coming up in my heart. And so I know that he's number one to you. I know that Jesus is, um, you know, first and foremost in your life. But I want to, first, I want to show you what that looks like so that you can help other people and show you what that looks like in our life. But also I want to talk about the benefits of God being number one in your life. Amen. Amen. All eyes need to be on Jesus right now. You know, in the Old Covenant, it talks about, uh, you know, your eyes not go to the left or to the right. Uh, Colossians, and we'll look at it a little bit, says set your affections on things above. It's so easy right now. Uh, you know, it's, it's a time like in the wilderness when the serpents came into the camp. And they constructed something and all this mess is going on around them. And, you know, um, it takes a minute or two to make a serpent of brass. It, you know, they didn't just hear from the Lord, let's make a serpent of brass, which, you know, is a reflection or shows Jesus taking all your, you know, why a serpent? Because he who knew no sin became sin. He took every sickness and every disease upon himself. But even when the announcement of what to do came, it took a minute. And everything's still going on. But when that serpent was erected on the pole, what was the cure for what was going on? God always has a cure. God always has a way out. He has delivered. He does deliver. And he will always deliver you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And in the end, uh, good things are going to happen. It's so funny to me. I go all over the world and people haven't heard about Jesus, but somehow, some way, they've heard of Job. It's interesting how the devil tries to make God our father look bad. And so even gets people to believing that suffering is of the Lord. Well, you live in the New Testament, and Jesus took that all. Jesus took that all. Amen? And really, James tells you what you should have got out of the book of Job. So it's just one, it's a, it's a line for all those chapters I know, and it's fine to study it, but what should you as a New Testament believer get out of Job? Um, the Lord is good. He, King James says pitiful, but merciful, and Job got double. So if someone tells you you're like poor old Job, you should jump up and down because you're about to get double. You're about to get double. You know, that's the least the devil's got to pay back for your trouble. And the Bible says the Lord will restore unto you the years. I don't know how he restores years. I don't know he's talking about facelifts or, you know, or, or, or cream or anything like that. I think he's actually talking about when you've had years of trouble, the devil tried to take some things from you. The Lord will restore them. So I'm talking to you today about putting God number one 
Like when the serpent was raised up in the wilderness, a steadfast gaze, not looking to the left, not looking to the right, not looking to the screams of people, but you and I are responsible because we know better. We've got to tell everybody, I'm not taking my eyes off of him. You're going to have to come join me and look at him. I'll have to, not to be rude, but I don't got time for your mess. I don't got time for your drama. I need you to come look with me. I need you to get your eyes on Jesus. I need that to be the, you, come on, I love you so much. I'm not, even while I'm talking to you, I'm not getting my eyes off of him. You're going to have to come join me and look unto the author and the finisher of your faith. Come on, come join me. Well, I don't want to do that. Well, okay, I, I, I gotta, I, I, but I've got to. And, and, and when you model that in front of people, I think they'll come join you. Amen? Amen. So what does it look like for God to be number one? What does it look like for a steadfast gaze at the Lord? I want you to go to John chapter 3. John chapter 3, verse 30. We're going to look uh, at the Amplified Classic uh, version of the Bible. I'm going to read it to you first out of the King James, and then I want them to put up the classic, Amplified Classic, John 3, 30 says, he must increase, but I must. So when God is number one in my life, I have to increase. So John chapter three, verse 30. I do have someone up there. He must increase, but I must decrease. He, I want you to see this. He must grow more prominent in my life. I must grow less prominent in my life. In other words, you have to learn the in him realities versus the in you realities. Most people know the in him realities in our circle, but they don't know the in you realities. In him, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. In myself, I can't do anything. See, religion will tell you you're in yourself. I used to be in, in me. I used to be all about me, but now I'm in him. No. So I, I can't do anything on my own, but I can do all things through him. Amen. Amen. In myself, Jesus said, without me, you can't do anything. Well, yeah, I can. You can't do anything of real value, of real worth. Oh, you can do some stuff, but it's not going to last. It's going to be that wood and stubble and hay and paper, and it's going to catch on fire. But I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. 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 You know, I don't know much on my own. I can't do much on my own. I can't be much on my own. But I just decided not to be on my own anymore. I decided, I hear people say all the time, well, it, you know, in order to be a Christian, you just, you, you have to be weak. No. Really, you're, you're pretty intelligent and smart when you look around and say, uh, somebody created this. And I better find out who he is. And I better serve him. And then when I found out he's good and he's merciful and he's kind and he decided to be my substitute and take all my sin, all my sickness. You see, so, so once I find that out, it's not hard for me to decrease. 
to not be the preeminent figure in my life anymore. I'm going to decrease and I'm going to increase him. Amen. Amen. Everybody say, I must, he must increase. Say, he must increase. increase. I must decrease. decrease. Amen. He's got to be the prominent one. I got to take the lesser role. And then, you know, this one. So talk, what does it look like? So, so God is increasing in my life. How do I make God increase in my life? I'm getting full of the word of God. I'm attending church. I am uh, getting around spiritual things. I am finding out who he is and what he's done. I remember we've been praying a lot. Uh, and um, I keep yelling out this. It's like Jesus is, is yelling at me and I yell it out. He said, tell him who I am. Tell him what I've done. Tell him who I am. Tell him what I've done. Tell them who I am. Tell them what I've done. That's the answer to a lot. Of, we got to keep telling people who he is. We got to keep telling people who, what he's done. And, and with that, you know, um, what does it look like for God to be number one? You all know this one, Matthew 6, It says, seek first. Amen. It didn't say seek second. Right. It didn't say seek him when you got a moment. It didn't say seek him when it's convenient. It said seek first. So what does seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness mean? What does that mean to you? I'll tell you what it means to me. It means that when I, my eyes pop open in the morning, he should be first on my mind. When I lay my head down at night, he should be first on my mind. When I'm at work, when you're doing, when you're doing all your engineering, when you're, doing, when you're teaching, when you're uh, serving tables, when you're, doing what, when you're taking care of the children, I'm just telling you, God is number one on my mind. God's got to be number one. Seek first the kingdom of God. We tell you this all the time. You do not have two separate lives. Amen. Religion would tell you you've got a spiritual life and uh, a secular life. And the two should not meet. But you are one individual with one life. You are sanctified, set apart. So you don't live your life like it's too, I have a Sunday life and I have a Monday through Saturday life. No, no, no. I have one life. And God is number one in all of it. I seek first the kingdom. What does it mean? If I'm seeking him first, I'm looking to his word. I'm, wanting, I, I'm, I'm wondering, what does he want from me? What does he want me to do? Everybody say, Jesus is number one. Well, then if he is, Matthew 10, and you just put this up in the Amplified Classic, Matthew 10. We're going to look at verses 37 through 39. Matthew 10. What does this look like? If God is number one and Jesus is number one in my life, Matthew chapter 10. Verse 37 through 39, Amplified Classic. He who loves and takes more pleasure in father or mother. Now, hang with me. This was a little hard, but you got to hang. Who, who loves and takes more pleasure in their father or their mother more than in me is not worthy of me. Everybody say Jesus, number one. And he who loves and takes more pleasure in a son or a daughter more than me is not worthy on me, of me. Everybody say Jesus, number one. Verse 38, he who does not take up his cross, uh uh-oh, take up his cross. What does that mean? Well, you've got to lay down your life 
He who does not take up his cross and follow me, cleave steadfastly to me, conforming wholly to my example in living and indeed be in dying also is not worthy of me. Everybody say Jesus number one. Verse 39. It says, whoever finds his, I love this, whoever finds his lower life will lose his higher life. And whoever loses his lower life on my account will find the higher life. So in other words, you can just be carnal. You can just be a mere. Remember in in, uh, 1 Corinthians when Paul's uh, addressing that crazy Corinthian church. You know, all them tongue talkers and crazy ones who love Jesus. But remember, he said to them, because they, were, they, they, they understood tongues, they understood the things of the Spirit, but they, their character was low. And he said to them, I could only talk to you as a mere man. So what does that mean? I can only talk to you uh, as your carnal. In other words, uh, I can only talk to your lower life. Come on, y'all. It's time for us. And I know you're there and I know you want to be there, but, but you got to think about this. Um, we've got to, we got to let go of the lower life and we got to find the higher life. And the deal is when you find the higher life, when you really put Jesus number one, when God is number one in your life, then, then great and mighty things happen. But you've got to do that on purpose. You've got to do that on purpose. Uh, so um, you can find that again in John chapter 12, and we'll just do it again just for fun. John chapter 12, because it is fun, right? John chapter 12, verses 24 through 26, out of the Amplified, it says, I assure you, most solemnly I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just one grain. It never becomes more but lives by itself alone. But if it dies, it produces many others and yields a rich harvest. Verse 25. If someone could, if they could turn on the TV by the camera, it would help me. And whoever loves his life loses it, but anyone who hates his life in this world will keep it to eternal. But whoever has no love for, no concern for, no regard for his life here on the earth, but despises it, preserves his life forever. Whoever has uh, no love for, no concern for, he said, well, that's just strange. But what is he trying to tell you? He's trying to jerk us a little bit and say, listen, you've got to look to things above. Despise doesn't mean hate. It means to lightly esteem. In other words, whatever, what are you esteeming? What are you esteeming? Have no regard for his life, but despise it, preserves his life forever and ever. Verse 26. Y'all good? Remember, we were doing a lot of shouting earlier. If anyone serves me, he must continue to follow me, to cleave steadfastly uh, to, to me, conform wholly to my example in living, and if need be, in dying. And wherever I am, there my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. What am I bringing this up for? Because Jesus, number one, God, number one, you got to pick up your cross. You got to follow him. You got to you got to do things his way. In other words, nothing and no one can can take the place of him. That means the decisions I make, the things I do, God is number 1. If God is number 1, he's going to take care of your number 2. If God is number one, he's going to take care of your number three. In other words, it should be like this. God, number one. If you're married, your spouse, number two. Your children, number three. All right, now listen to me. Oh, yeah, but I love my babies. I love my babies. I love my baby too. But I found that if I make God number one, God will do good things for my baby. God will protect my baby. God will watch over my baby. 
And then all of you don't know, but lots of you are my babies. And, and I really, I want, I, you know, it's earnest for Pastor Ron and I. We want God to take care of you. But I can't do it. Only God can do it. How do I do that? Anytime I try to do it in my own strength, I really think I'm helping you if I get into the flesh. But I'm really not. I got to stay in the spirit. I got to keep God number one. And he'll take care of my number two. And I, if, I, if I keep God number one, then, then the Lord will take care of Pastor Rhonda for me. If, if, I, if, I do number, if God is number one, he'll take care of my daughter for me and all of you. Uh, number four is then what's fourth thing is important. A lot of people don't like this, but then it's what you're supposed to do for God. And I'm telling you right now, now is not the time to draw back. We really need your help right now. So if you ever served, serve again. If you've never served, serve now. Hallelujah. Help us to get the gospel out. Help us to do what we need to do. And then number five, you know, God cares about your career. God cares about your job. God cares about your business. But you see, if that becomes, and what a lot of times, especially people in this area, is they flip it. Their career is number one. Because you know you got to keep up with everybody. And if I don't keep up with it, you know, I'm going to lose my place. No, if God is number one, he'll promote you when you don't deserve a promotion. Because the favor of the Lord will surround you. He'll, he'll promote you over other people. Come on. If he can promote Joseph from a prison house to a palace in a day, he can promote you. Come on. We got lots of accounts of that. But what, what am I talking about? I'm talking about the Lord being number one in your life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Um, let's look at Luke chapter 9. Everybody say, Jesus number one. Woo, aren't you glad? He can be number one in your life. Aren't you glad you can seek first the kingdom of God? That's, it. that's even open to you. I said that's even open to you. Luke chapter 9, 56. For the Son of Man has not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And it came to pass, verse 57, that as they went in the way, a certain man said to him, Lord, I will follow thee wherever you go. Now, it's good to, I want to seek first the kingdom of God. I'll follow you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. That's good to say on Sunday morning. Jesus said, foxes have holes. Birds of the airs have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And he said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Now, how I many that's a pretty big deal? And Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. But you go preach the kingdom of God. Now, it seems hard, but what is he doing? He's shaking it a little bit. What's first? What's most important? Another said, Lord, I'm going to follow you, but let me go bid them farewell, which are at my house. In other words, let me go have a little party first. And Jesus said, no, plant, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Now, understand what I'm trying to do, what the word's trying to do. That it's not always convenient for God to be number one. Sometimes it's easier to make that Secondary, because God loves me and he's merciful and he's kind. And, you know, if I have a season in my life where he's not number one, it's not that important. You know, but he knows I love him and I'll get back to him when I have some time. You know, I've had people say, I am so stressed out. I just need a break from, the, from church, from the things of God. I need a break. Well, that's the wrong time to take a break. 
Mm. Need just to back away. That, the Lord has no pleasure in those who back up. Come on, that's the time to go double down. Amen. 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 Everybody say, Jesus number one. It's not as easy to do as it is to say, but he has to be. Especially into the season that you've entered into, the last of the last days. He has got to be number one in your life in all ways. Not just in word only, but in action too. He's got to be number one. I like this phrase. Um, there's someone, you know, most of us all, you know, you know him, but everybody say, Jesus is Lord. Lord. What does that mean? Jesus is Lord. Because see, and, and stick with me. A lot of people know Jesus as savior, but I believe there's a step beyond savior for him to be Lord. One of the things that a lot of people do, um, the Lord is good, and he's merciful, and he's kind. And whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And how do you get saved? If you believe in your heart that Jesus is the Son of God, was raised from the dead, if you believe that and confess that with your mouth, you will be born again. It is as simple as that. It is by grace, through faith, that you're born again. It, it is by that confession, that great confession of Jesus being raised from the dead, and you believe that in your heart, you are saved. And that is so important, and that is so wonderful. But the moment you get saved, you do not go to heaven. You're still alive. And in order to have God's highest and best on the earth, you've got to take another step. It's not more salvation. Yeah, you need to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Yeah, you need to get water baptized. Yeah, you need to get into the Word of God. But in all that, what you need to do is make Jesus the Lord of your life. And so what does 1 Corinthians 6.20 say? It says, you've been bought. Now, I don't, people don't like this language today. But you have, if you're born again, you've been bought. You've been bought with a price. What is the price? The blood of Jesus. No greater commodity has ever been. You were bought so that you could be free from sin, sickness and disease, poverty, lack, confusion, all the mess of this world, the curse of sin. Jesus took it all. But when he spilled his blood, that was the price and the only price that could pay for it. But you've been bought. Everybody say, I've been bought. Hallelujah. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirits, which are God's. And then it says similar in 1 Corinthians 7, 23. It says, you are bought with a price, be not ye the servants of men. So you're no longer the servants of men, but you are the servants of God. Amen. You are the children of God. Everybody say, I've been bought with a price. Now, 2 Corinthians 5.15 says this, 2 Corinthians 5.15, and that he died for all. How I many you know that salvation for every person, all 7.5 billion people on the planet has been bought and paid for? There are not many ways to God. There's just one. His, it's narrow. It's so narrow, it's one. Jesus, no man goes to the Father but through the Son. 
I remember when I was in college, you know, I, I really wasn't taught the word of God. And I know you, many of you hear this, but I, I feel like I need to say it again because it seems so right today to be everybody. We need to show them love. Well, showing somebody love is telling them the truth. If you love somebody, you tell them they got spinach in their teeth. Don't just sit there with dinner and let them with that piece of spinach hanging out there from that dip from, you know. Come on, be nice. Tell somebody. Well, in the same way, if you're going to run in front of a semi, I'm going to yell at you. And if you're going to go to hell, I'm going to tell you there's a way that you don't have to. His name is Jesus. He is the way. No man gets to the Father but through him. It's narrow. It's narrow. It's one way. And he died for everybody. That, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves. Put it back up. 2 Corinthians 5.15. And they, he died for how many? All. That they which live. Are you alive? Should no longer henceforth live unto themselves. So I'm not going to live unto myself. You know, an old term used to be in Pentecostal services. They say you got to die unto self. And I understand, and that's fine, and it really is somewhat true. you gotta lay, you got to lay down yourself, your will. Not, like Jesus prayed in the garden, not my will, but your will be done. Not my will, but your will be done. He laid down, he made his will, um, you know, God the Father's will. He said if there's any other way out. So his will was like, can, is there another way? And he said, well, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. He that died for all that they which should live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Amen. Amen. I want to give you this. I was talking, I'm talking about Jesus being Savior versus Jesus being Lord. Number one, what does that look like? You've got to know I've been bought. I'm no longer mine. In other words, daily living. I don't do what I want to do anymore. Well, it's because you're a preacher. No, it's because I'm born again. It's because you're a pastor, and that's right. We pay you to obey God. No, you don't. You and I are not different in that category. Amen. What does it look like, Jesus Savior versus Jesus Lord? I got these things uh, uh, a few years back, and I want to read them to you. When Jesus is your Savior, and this is good, your sins are forgiven. You miss hell, and you make heaven. How many know that's good? But in the same way, if Jesus is Lord, there's a reorientation to your life. Savior... I'm going to miss hell and make heaven. But when Jesus is my Lord, there's a reorientation to my life. I'm no longer Lord or King of my life. Jesus is King and Lord of my life. When Jesus is Savior, what does that mean? Someone who saves someone um, from something. So Jesus saved me from something. When Jesus is Lord of my life, it's someone, he, has, he, he, he more than saved me from something, but he has authority in my life. He has control. Uh, in my, when someone is Lord, they have power over you. And, and, you know, you can give him power over you because you, you can trust him. Come on, if God gave you Jesus, what would he withhold from you? It's good to surrender to him. It's good to make him Lord. Hallelujah. It starts with making him Savior, but don't stop there. 
It starts, you can't, he can't be Lord until he's first Savior. But he is Savior and Lord to me. Is he Savior and Lord to you? Um, it's, when Jesus is Lord, it's considering someone master or ruler over you. When Jesus is Savior, only it's personal and private. But when Jesus is Lord, it, uh, it affects everybody around you. Because he's given me a mission in my life. When Jesus is Savior, it's kind of like personal and private. And, you know, I have the right to believe what I, what I want to believe. Listen to me. You don't have a right. If, if Jesus is Savior, and if he's, especially if he's Lord, you don't have a right to believe what you want to believe. I lost some of you. No, the word determines what you believe. I said the word determines what you believe. I said the word determines what you believe. You don't get to make up your, well, I have a right to my belief. Not if you're born again. Not if Jesus is your Lord. You don't have a right to believe what you want to believe. You believe what he said. Well, Pastor Mark, there are so many people with so many different beliefs. I know. Everybody's not right. And I don't know that I have them all right. And I wouldn't tell you that I have everything together. That'd be arrogant. I'm still learning. Are you still learning? Well, there are just many ways to believe. Baloney. Baloney. There's one way to believe. It's God's way. And you need to find it out. You need to find it out. You need to find it out. Y'all good? Hallelujah. So, um, if Jesus is Savior, it only impacts spiritual things. But if Jesus is Lord, it impacts every area of your life. It'll, it'll affect your family. It'll affect your career, your job. Could affect if you're a high schooler. Could affect where you go to college. You have to watch as a parent. Oh, baby, you can be anything you want to be when you grow up. Well, that sounds good, but that's the world's way. Baby, you're going to be what God created you to be in your mother's womb because that is where you'll be satisfied. That is where you'll be highest and best. Amen? It's a little different, but it's the right different. You know, you are created. Ephesians 2.10 says you were prearranged to do good works for the Lord. Good works won't save you, but after you get born again, and especially after you make Jesus Lord, he'll give you your assignment. Your assignment is not your choice. It is your discovery. You should, be, you should discover who God made you to be. Amen? Is there a benefit? Is there a benefit to Jesus being number one? Is there a benefit to God being number one? We looked at Matthew 6, 33. It says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then what does it say? All. Everybody say all. all. How many? All. All, all what things? Everything. What things? What things? Well, if you back it up, it's talking about things the Gentiles seek. You don't want to seek things. Houses, cars, furniture, careers. You don't want to seek those things. Uh, y'all hear? That's what, that's what carnal people do. They put their business above their God. They put their career 
and where they move and where they live and where they, what they do. They put that above God. You, listen to me. In our circles, sometimes people get this messed up. Well, the Lord said he blessed whatever I put my hand to. Well, he'll bless, he can only bless uh, where he told you to be to put your hand to. Let, let, you know, let's look at Elijah. Remember during the famine, the Lord told him to go to the brook called Cherith. He didn't tell him to go to the Tennessee River. Well, I don't like the brook Cherith. You know, they don't have, you know, there's only a day's in there. There's not a holiday. And so I'm not going there. You Lord, send my food uh, over to the Tennessee River. He didn't tell you to go there. He told, there, there's one place. And a lot of times that's the reason that people, they believe God, they confess right, they, they do this, they do that, but it's like God is not showing up. Well, listen, your, your provision may be showing up. It, it's always going to show up to where God told you to be. You, you know, a lot of times people say, well, it's my choice. Well, not if, not if Jesus is Lord. Are y'all here? Come on, we were shouting, remember? I'm helping you better than you think I am. Right? I'm helping you. Because, you see, it's not, this is not a preacher's sermon. This is not someone who wants to be in the ministry sermon. This is a believer's sermon. Amen? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Just stand there and look real good. You're, you're fine. Don't go anywhere. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hebrews 11.6. God is a... God is, Hebrews 11.6 says, God is a rewarder. Everybody say rewarder. Of those who do what? Occasionally come to church. Those who occasionally read the word. Those who call out to him only in the time of trouble. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Jesus is number one. God is number one. Pastor, you know, God understands what time it is. Yeah, it's time to seek the Lord. That's what time it is. It's time to wake up to your righteousness. It's time to put first things first. You know how you cook a lobster or a crab? I, I hear people, or a frog, I don't know. Some people like do it like this, like they put them in a regular water and then they just keep turning up the heat and keep turning up the heat and keep, and then, you know, then it's too late. That's what the devil's been doing for a number of years, for a number of generations. But we're not of the generation they're going to shrink back. Everybody say it again. Jesus, number one. And he is a rewarder. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Diligently. How do you diligently seek God? You get in his word. You not only read it, you study it. Not only hear it, you do it. Diligently seek him. I got to keep going. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. He's a rewarder. I'm just trying to figure out what to do. Hallelujah. How can you tell if God is number one in your life? Well, one of the things I just said, you just don't hear the word, you do it. Let's, let's think of Mama Mary. We mentioned her already. But how, what does it look like? For someone 
who uh, God is number one, Jesus is number one in their life. It really just simply looks like this. You know, James says, be a doer of the word, not a hearer only. But when Mary, the mother of Jesus, said, whatever he says to you, do it. You see, that's someone where they trust the Lord. Jesus is number one. Go ahead, Connie, whenever you're ready. Jesus is number one. Whatever he says to you, do it. It also looks like this, John 15, 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you will ask what you will. It's not casual. The word abiding in you is not casual. It just doesn't get there by happenstance. You purposely put it there. You purposely are a doer of the word. You, you are diligently seeking him. You are, and, and when you diligently seek him, you put him first. All the things that Gentiles seek will be added unto you. And, and the deal is this, when you're diligently seeking him and you believe that uh, he can speak to you and talk to you, you know that he's your good shepherd and the voice of a stranger you'll not follow, but he'll lead you. He'll lead you through the valley of the shadow of death. His rod and his staff, they'll comfort you. They'll get you to those green pastures. He'll get you to the green pastures and the still waters that you need as a sheep. But you've got to understand that Jesus has got to be number one in that. Because when you go through the valley of the shadow of death and he's not number one, you're going to try to find your own path in your own way. But if you'll just follow his voice, if you'll just listen to him, if you'll just walk in the word, because the word of God is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. Amen. The entrance of his word will bring light to you. And that light, that path that you need to walk on. Because there's more than one path you can walk on. There's the path that God has for you. And then in the psalmist said, he said, with my mouth, I've kept me off of the path of the destroyer. There's more than one path in life, even for born again people. If you want to stay off the path of the destroyer, you've got to have light. And you see, when Jesus is Lord and the word is number one in your life and you're doing it and his word abides in you, and you abide in him. Abide means to be vitally united to. It always reminds me of a semi, uh, the, the truck part and the trailer. I thank God I've never seen on 565 a trailer driving all by itself. Because there's no control. And that would be a mess. But most people, I know it's not you. I'm trying to help you help other people. But you see, you've got to be attached to someone. You've got to be submitted to someone. He's the guiding force. He's the steerer. He's the power plant. You're the trailer. And if you as the trailer try to become something else, it's going to get messed up. You can trust the Lord with your life. Come on. He's never going to fail you. He's never going to let you down. But you and I have to make him number one. He has to be, Jesus has to be Lord. And when we do and we seek first the kingdom of God, everything you need, he's going to take care of it. You don't have to seek it. Well, pastor, that's kind of, you guys talk about prosperity and finances all the time. We're just trying to get you in line with the word of God. But you don't, you don't seek money. The love of money is the root of all evil. Don't seek it. Seek him. Obey him. Tithe. Give. Yeah, he wants to. Jesus became poor that you could become rich. That's established. You're blessed to be a blessing. 
But you don't have to you don't even have to seek the blessing. You're blessed. You don't have to seek it. It's who you are. It's who you are. Trust him. And the more he becomes prominent and you become less prominent, the more when you go to make a decision, he's in the middle of it. I'm not talking about going in front of your closet and saying, Lord, what do you want me to wear today? Although he'll probably tell you to wear something, you cover everything up and look nice and, you know. I have had the Lord tell me to go to a particular restaurant for lunch. Okay. And I get there and we end up ministering to somebody or seeing somebody um, who don't think they like us anymore and then they got to be kind to us. Hallelujah. I don't know why I'm bringing this up. My wife is so good. Like she'll be at a grocery store and people will, they see her and they'll go down the other aisle. She'll just chase them. You can't get away from the uh, walk. Well, come on, the queen of love. You can't get away. Everybody say, Jesus, Jesus is Lord. Just a simple reminder today because of the time you've come into, you don't have to do it on your own, but he's got to be number one. What does that mean? Just make any adjustments you need to. Lord, any area of my life, are you not number one? And I guarantee you, he'll tell you real quick, like, he'll let you know. Just, 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 but man, the benefits, all these things being added unto you. You don't have to do it in your own strength, in your own might, in your own power. The direction that he has for you, it's better than anything you could think up for yourself. He knew you in your mother's womb before you did anything right or wrong. Now that's so cool. When I was in my mother's womb, he knew me. And he decided who I was going to be. And I had to find out. And it took me a little while. I was in my early 20s after my little season of being backslidden and rebellious, miserable. But then I came back to him and I discovered who I was. You may not, you're, you're, most of you are not who I am. You know, you don't have to be a minister. You don't have to be you, be the best engineer, be the most anointed engineer, be the best rocket scientist, be the best chef. I always bring that one up because we need some good chefs in this area. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Be, be who God created. Be the best school teacher in the public school system. Be, be the best. Be anointed. Be the best. Be the best janitor. Be the best whatever. Whatever season of your life you're in, be the best. The reason, how are you going to be the best? Jesus, number one. God, number one. 
and he's going to take care of some stuff. We hope you were inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org. Check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Madison. We believe God is working within you, and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him known.